87 minutos, Cristiano. Vamos lá, Cristiano. Vamos lá. Vamos lá empatar o jogo. Vai pitar o hockey. Cristiano Indigueia. Vai partir para a bola. Cristiano Ronaldo, capitão da seleção. Sai daí, Roque. Vai tirar Cristiano. Atira! A game, what a capitão, what a way to start World Cup 2018 in Russia as we welcome you into episode 6 of the Celeste Song Podcast. My name is Danny Pinto. I am your host. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of all the hysterics and the hoopla, it, it is a point, but it, albeit it's a huge one, it's a clutch one, it's a we've got big stones kind of tie, kind of point uh, for the Celeste Song. I mean, just absolutely just... What a, uh, an absolute pleasure to watch, and, and thus far, without question, the uh, the match of the tournament uh, so far in uh, World Cup 2018. On the docket for uh, Episode 6, we obviously will cover uh, the Spain-Portugal match, the 3-3 draw to open up a World uh, Cup play in Group B. We'll also be uh, heading up to Canada later on in the show as uh, my cousin Brian Tost from uh, just outside of Toronto in Milton. He will be joining me later to discuss the game, what he thought, of, uh, of the performance of the Celeste Song and what he'd like to see uh, going uh, going forward in the tournament. Uh, as a reminder, you can uh, like and share our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Pod. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and on Instagram at Pod, And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well at MrDPP. That's M-I-S-T-E-R-D-P-P. Of course, you can always email us as well at Pod at Gmail. If you're downloading and subscribing, uh, God bless you guys. You guys are doing a great job uh, getting the show, uh, getting the show out to you, uh, and uh, and getting the the show, uh, spreading the show around the world. Really appreciate that. Uh, if you've uh, just you know by by chance picked the show up uh, somehow, some way, uh, you can download and subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts and Podcast.com. Just search. Celeste Sound Podcast uh, in the search engine. And uh, leave a five-star review. A big thank you to all of those who have already left us a five-star review. Uh, currently, we are a five-star rated reviewed podcast. So we really, really appreciate that from uh, from the bottom of, uh, of my heart. And uh, just uh, just a, a big thank you to all of you who have, uh, who have supported us from the very, very beginning. Uh, before we get into the game... Um, I just want to wish all the fathers out there who are celebrating Father's Day or, or, who, or who have celebrated Father's Day, uh, depending on when and where you're listening, uh, I want to wish everybody happy Father's Day, uh, especially to my dad, my pai, uh, Fernand Pint, uh, who instilled in me the love that I currently have for this lesson. I uh, watched many games growing up together. He took me to so many games, whether it be soccer or football or, or, or basketball, baseball, whatever. Uh, he instilled my love of sports. Uh, in me, and uh, and I love him very much for that. So, uh, so Pai, happy Father's Day. I uh, I love you, love you very much. Uh, also, a quick uh, shout out uh, for uh, for the reason why this podcast is a bit tardy in uh, in being posted. 
Um, and that is to the newly married Mr. and Mrs. Anthony and Sarah Costa. Uh, my wife and I had the privilege of attending their wedding this weekend. It was a, a bit of a, a destination wedding, so it was a little tough to find some time this weekend to record and post the podcast any sooner than I did. But uh, but we want to congratulate and, uh, and uh, say forza to the new Costas. Uh, it was a beautiful uh, celebration for a beautiful couple. So I uh, hope you guys have a long, happy, and uh, loving life together. All right, on to the game now. As uh, Again, what a game, the game of the tournament thus far. Uh, we'll start with the starting 11. Hui Patrice in goal. Pep and Font at the center backs. Cedric Suarez at right back. Rafael Gahed on the left. William Carvalho and João Moutinho in the center of the midfield. With Bruno Fernandes getting the start over João Mario. Uh, Bernard Silva on the other wing. And it was Ronaldo uh, up top. With Gonzalo Gedge, not Andre Silva. So I had posed the question last week whether you know, if you had one to pick, who would you take uh, to, in the starting lineup, Bruno Fernandes or Gonzalo Gedge? Well, Fernandes Sanch, he says, let's go with both of them uh, at the at the expense of uh, João Mario and Andre Silva. So uh, it um, it was a it was a ballsy choice, uh, I would say. And uh, and uh, obviously we will we'll go through the game in just a bit. But uh, let's go to the highlights here and. Uh, and it didn't take long for things to get interesting as uh, in the third minute, uh, people were just getting settled in into their seats. Uh, a linguisa and a sags in both hands and uh, ready to watch the game. And uh, then this happened. This left side. Ronaldo holding up top at Silva. Ronaldo, is that contact? Yes, it is. Penalty. Penalty for Portugal. Barely two minutes on the board. Gianluca Rocchi points to the spot. He is being checked. Nacho conceded that penalty in the third minute, and then our captain made him pay for it in the fourth. And it will be a penalty, and it will be Ronaldo. Against David De Gea, the merely goalkeeper of the year the last four seasons with Manchester United. Tom leading score for Portugal, a chance to make his mark at this World Cup after three and a half minutes, and he does! Will this be his World Cup? The converted penalty gave uh, Portugal a 1-0 lead early on in the game, and it also meant that uh, CR7 became just the fourth player in World Cup history to score in four different World Cups. He had previously scored in 2006, 2010, and 2014. Spain, however, would tie the matchup in the 24th minute, albeit with a bit of a controversy, as Diego Costa would beat almost the entire Portugal defense on this effort. Diego Costa running at it. Pepe got knocked in the face. He goes down. We're playing on right now. Diego Costa still a chance. Diego Costa! Does it himself! All square as it stands in Sochi. Well, we're going to look and see if there is a foul in the build-up to this. But take nothing away. is still down. This is what they're looking at. Check over, they say. Goal's going to stand. Oh, Dr. Joe so Magnick, sure. our FIFA match commissioner and rules analyst. What are we looking for here? Well, every goal is checked, as we know. And and on this particular play, they're looking for a foul in the buildup to the goal. And it certainly was contact, but the video assistant referee 
has made a decision with the referee that there's not a clear and obvious error. And the referee has taken that advice and has awarded the goal. Well, I have to say I disagree because I think Costa there leads with the forearm and he catches Pepe. And it was Pepe who had gotten contact on the ball with his head. Is it is it probably a foul? Is it most likely a foul? Or is it clearly and obviously a foul? I think it's clear and obvious. Yeah, the uh, the arm to the face, in my opinion, it should have been called a foul on Diego Costa. Uh, to me, it was a, it was a clear foul. Uh, the one thing I can I can think of is that you know reputations, whether they're good or bad, uh, they follow you uh, wherever you go. And Pep, as good of a de- of a central defender as he is, a center back that he is, uh, has a tendency to uh, I'm not going to use the word flop, but just to to over exaggerate a, a foul. So. Perhaps if another defender had been had been doing the same exact thing, playing the ball the same exact way, maybe Portugal gets the call. I don't know. Uh, but to me, it was a clear foul. I just think that maybe because it was Pep, they thought maybe he had over-exaggerated the play, uh, and they being the referees, obviously. Uh, the play was obviously allowed to continue, and then Diego Costa with a great in- individual effort tied the game up at one. To the 44th minute now, as following a few missed chances from both teams, it would be Cristiano Ronaldo putting this last song back in the lead. Good work there. Trying to win the ball back in the middle. Long in, Geddes brings it down. He was onside. Ronaldo got himself back onside. It's the It was a bit of a frung uh, by David De Gea, no question, the uh, the Spanish goalkeeper. But if you're not shooting, you're not scoring. And uh, and Ronaldo with his second, he hit that just enough, with just enough pace to make things difficult for the Spanish goalkeeper. To the second half now, and it was in the 55th minute, and Spain would tie things back up, and it was Diego Costa striking again. Bend this one with an outswinger. They'll look to either head it back or cross to someone at the far post. Is the way that Diego Costa is drifting right now. He's standing at the penalty spot. So I think he's just going to hang out there. He's already saying to the referee, he's going to try and come back as Portugal are dropping. I think Rookie is saying, I'm going to have you flag for offside if you're going to influence the way Portugal defends this from there. Okay, the touch. David Silva playing it in. Body's already flying. Knocked out in front. And then just three minutes later, a poor Portugal clearance lets to Spain taking a 3-2 lead on what seemed to be redemption for Nacho. Diego Costa now sitting on a hat trick, as is Ronaldo. Isco, going to keep it in play for Jordi Alba. Back from David Silva. Isco weaving his way through. Jordi Alba trying to return. It was knocked away. David Silva getting first to the loose ball. Takes the cross. Inside for Isco. Too far, but it pinged around. Falls to the far side. It's Nacho! Replacement, the man who gave away the 
that that goal from from Nacho, uh, I would put that up as the second best goal of the tournament so far. Just an absolutely beautiful strike uh, from Nacho to give Spain the uh, the lead uh, with just about a half hour left to go. Now you're probably asking yourself, Danny, if if you're saying that was the the second best goal of the tournament, uh, what was the best? Well, I I, I think you know. Silva went to the deck, as did Ronaldo, and a free kick now for Portugal. Right in Cristiano Ronaldo range. So we'll dip inside the last four minutes of normal time. Yep, it's a foul. And it's silly from PK because Ronaldo's going back away from goal. He doesn't need to make that challenge there. And we saw in the game for Uruguay against Egypt, a needless foul for a set piece towards the end of the game. Uruguay scored and won the game 1-0. That's another needless foul there, and you've given Cristiano Ronaldo, who hasn't had a sniff in this second half, an opportunity. Sitting on a hat trick, sitting on the European record for international goals. Trying to rescue a point for Portugal. The opening night for them at the World Cup as European champions. David De Gea already let two past him tonight. Phil Guerrero there is window dressing. Ronaldo Ronaldo's third goal of the match in the 88th minute to salvage a point. 3-3 is how the game would end. I mean, the pressure of the moment, the precision of the shot, and the stage that is the World Cup, uh, I think it is without question uh, the greatest goal, the biggest goal Ronaldo has ever scored uh, in his uh, Portugal career. Uh, Just, again, the, the pressure of the moment. Especially uh, being uh, losing the lead, you know he had put the he had put the team up twice uh, at one nil and at two one. Portugal then uh, gets uh, gets scored on twice relatively quickly in the second half. They play for the majority of the half down by a goal. They get an opportunity and he sees the moment, putting the ball in the back of the net from a free kick, which he had he hadn't done in a long time as well. Uh, just uh, a tremendous effort by CR seven, putting Portugal once again on his back uh, and uh, and getting the uh, getting the Slesson a much-needed 3-3 draw and a much-needed point. As for some thoughts on the game, uh, I thought a draw uh, was what I predicted a draw. Uh, Hopefully uh, that was going to be the case, Uh, at bare minimum a draw. You obviously wanted to to have the win and and the start that they had. You hoped that maybe it would happen, but a draw against the the quote-unquote best team in the the group I think is a good start uh, for the Slesson. But but make no mistake, uh, Portugal was outplayed in this game and they were at, overmatched at times. And I think we need to be very honest with ourselves that that did happen. I believe the possession was 62 38 in favor of Spain. Spain had the ball a lot of the time attacking a lot of the time, moving a lot of the time. But one thing you cannot quantify when it comes to tournaments like this. Uh, and it's something that Portugal has in spades is belief. It's a belief in themselves. It's for believing in his players. 
that brings a togetherness uh, that not a lot of teams in this tournament possess. And that could be a, a team like Spain or, or, or Germany or France, you know, some of the favorites of Brazil. Um, or it could be teams like Saudi Arabia or um, Morocco or Iran, teams who are more than likely just here for the participation ribbon after three games and then moving home. You know, there's something there's something palpable, something that you can't quantify with this Portuguese team uh, that's that's been around since they won 2016 and through the 2016 tournament, through qualifying, and it's something that I think can lead them uh, through the um, through the uh, through the entire tournament for however long they can possibly go. As I mentioned before, I thought the lineup was was a really ballsy one from Sunch considering the opponent and it being the first match of the group. And, you know, inexperience at, uh, up top with Gonçal Gedge, inexperience on the wing with Bruno Fernandes, even though they had played very well in the, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the friendlies. Uh, you know, it, it took a lot of guts for Fernandes to do that. And they were still able to, to get a, a draw, get a result, get a point against the, the top team uh, in the group. With that said, I thought Bruno Fernandes and Gonçal Gedge struggled in their starting roles. I think many people are going to struggle in their in their first ever uh, World Cup match against a top quality opponent uh, like Spain. But I also think it's a positive to get a game like this under your belt, where you know you've played a top team, you've had your start, you've played in the World Cup. Things should now be not as nerve wracking. Things should be you know you shouldn't have you shouldn't have as much second guessing about your ability. A game like this, whatever the however it went for you, now is out of your system. So to me, I think that. The next time they're called upon, whether it be as a starter or uh, coming off the bench, I think Bruno Fernandes and Gonçalo Gedge will be that that much more ready for that for their next appearance for the Slesson in the World Cup. Um, the back four they were under attack a lot, and that first Costa goal uh, looked really really bad for the entire unit. Uh, foul or no foul, but Spain is going to do that to most anyone they play in this tournament. I got, I mean, guys, I've got breaking news. Spain is good. Spain is. World Cup winner good. Uh, they they obviously they've done it before, but this squad is good enough to win the World Cup, and they showed uh, they showed it for the majority of the of the game. The next two matches for the back four uh, should be a, an easier task with Morocco and Iran uh, respectively, and uh, and you'll hear my cousin uh, later on uh, Brian Tost. Uh, he'll talk about this a little bit. The back four just needs to tighten up the marking and and, and improve their overall play. Uh, if if it was me, I'd give them about a B B minus effort, maybe even C plus, but around a B minus effort uh, against Spain. But you just have to remember who the opponent was, and even even with the the effort, the way it was, they were still able to do enough to get that to get that draw to get that point. And uh, and you know whether you thought the back four played awful or not, uh, they still were able to contribute to that draw. Although the headlines are all going to be about Cristiano Ronaldo. As for the next opponents, uh, Morocco, uh, they played arguably the most boring game of the tournament thus far against Iran, and it took an own goal in injury time to bring them down as they lost 1-0. Uh, Morocco, they came into this World Cup with a lot of hype. Uh, I myself uh, bought into it, uh, hook, line, and sinker, but they didn't show me much against the weakest team in the group, uh, who, of course, now... Obviously, because they're the weakest team, they sit up top the group uh, with three points, and that is Iran, a top of Group B with three points, followed by Portugal and Spain with one, and Morocco with zero points. My guess for the for the starting eleven for Portugal against uh, Morocco on Wednesday, um, I think nothing changes in the back. I think it's Patrice in goal 
with uh, Gajairu, Font, Pep, and Cedric Swaj, uh, the back four. William and João Moutinho, they will remain in the midfield. Uh, I believe that João Mario will be back in the starting lineup uh, as he will be replacing Bruno Fernandes. Uh, I predict that Bernard Silva will be in the other uh, wing position. And I think that we see the tandem that scored a lot of goals in World Cup qualifying. And I think it's going to be Ronaldo and Andre Silva playing up top. I think that Gonçalves will return to the bench um, in the uh, in the upcoming game against Morocco. I think both of those players, though, uh, Bruno uh, Fernandes and Gonçalves, can still impact the game against Morocco coming off the bench. But I, I do see that João Mario and uh, Andre Silva return to the starting 11. As for my prediction for the match, uh, I think Portugal will get three points. I think they uh, get the victory 3 0. Uh, I predict goals by Ronaldo, Andre Silva, and you know what? Let's go with Pep. Pep off of a header from either a corner or a set piece. I think he finds a score sheet as well. Uh, with the win, it would give Portugal four points, and at a minimum, they would still be in second place heading into their game versus Iran on June the 25th. If you have any predictions on lineups, uh, you know a result, uh, goal scores, whatever you want, Regarding the uh, the game upcoming against Morocco, uh, give us uh, give us your thoughts on all our social media platforms: facebookcom slash uh on Twitter at um, You know, go through all our social media platforms and give us your thoughts on uh, on the upcoming game against Morocco. All right, you guys have heard my thoughts on the three-three uh, draw uh, between uh, Portugal and Spain. Obviously, uh, just uh, just an exciting exciting way to finish. Uh, the the match and uh, Ronaldo putting the team on his back and uh, I know one guy who was uh, super excited he is he is my cousin from uh, from just outside of Toronto Canada I believe he's in Milton these days uh, my cousin Brian Tost uh, we are we are the godfathers of both of our firstborn children so uh, there's a lot of responsibility there uh, but uh, but Brian and I um, just uh, I don't know. Any Brian, anytime, anytime we get together and talk about uh, about this lesson, it uh, we can go on for hours, can't we? Oh, 100 percent for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Thanks, man. Good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Well, uh, you know, we uh, we're uh, we're doing this interview uh, the day after the game. So the first uh, first question I have for you is, how did Ryland's soccer game go this morning? Actually, it went well. Um, not the result we wanted, um, but they, they played well. And at the end of the day, as long as they play well as a team, I can't ask for more. So, Did my godson uh, find the net? Unfortunately, today he didn't. Uh, but you know what? He was, he was quite the playmaker. So uh, you know what? I'm proud of him for that. But I find that to be a harder aspect of the game. So. You know that's that's a that's a real dad answer. You, what you wanted really to say was, "Come on, man." Hundred <laughs> percent. Trying to keep it uh, PG thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, let's talk about uh, let's talk about yesterday's game. Obviously, an exciting way to finish. Um, you know, Ronaldo, as I mentioned in, in bringing you on, um, having the team on his back. Let, let's let's start with the end. Uh, what were your thoughts as uh, as we as we got the foul and put ourselves in a position to uh, to have Ronaldo take that free kick? Uh, what were your thoughts as he approached it, and then obviously uh, how how calm were you after after he uh, he tied the game up? <laughs> oh God, that's a good question. Um, to be honest with you, when 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 that foul happened and he went up to that ball, and I'll tell you this, Dan, you know me very well. I have never ever been so confident that he was going to score like I did yesterday. And even knowing that he had missed, I think it was 43 or 44 markers prior to that, just something about his face 
told me he's going to score. This is this is going in, and um, I mean, obviously, a, a sudden calm goes over everyone as he kind of you know pulls up his shorts, the usual stance, the deep breath. I mean, when that ball hit the back of the net, I think the billions of people watching were just absolutely stunned. The, the ball looked like it was on a joystick. It was absolutely incredible. It really was. We're talking with uh, with my cousin Brian Toss from uh, from Canada on uh, episode six of the uh, Celeste Song podcast. I am your host and uh, his cousin Danny Pinto. Um, Brian, uh, let's let's talk about the game overall. Uh, an, an absolute uh, sensational start in terms of uh, uh, getting on the board. Uh, the penalty happening just after the the third minute and uh, and Ronaldo um, calmly taking that PK and and beating De Gea on uh, on his uh, on his left side. Let me get your thoughts on on how you thought uh, the game started, and uh, just uh, your thoughts on the game overall. Um, oh, definitely. I mean, I'm, you and me both can both agree. I think um, you're not used to seeing Portugal go up one nothing, especially that early. I mean, it, it very rarely happened. The team definitely came out with a plan. You, you can't play catch up to Spain, even though we did. I mean, at the end of the day, the best thing you could do is get out there and put all your horses up front and just go. So. Um, very, very good start for Portugal. A, extraordinary penalty kick from Cristiano Ronaldo. Obviously, it's you know it's it's a penalty kick, so it's you know no pressure or anything. But at the end of the day, yes, there is. I mean, that that's very good ball placement by Ronaldo. Beautiful, beautiful penalty kick. No chance. Even if you went there, I don't think he would have got it. Realistically, it was it was very well placed. Um, other than that, I, I felt that after that penalty kick. Portugal did take a slight step back. That Fernando Santos uh, mentality of let's defend now. That's the only thing that bothered me a little bit is I felt like Portugal seemed to, okay, it was only four minutes in, but they started really well. They started, you know, with the punches and maybe it was Spain settling in also, but Portugal just seemed like, God, they scored that goal. They're all, you know, excited. I'm, I'm expecting goal number two to come even, even quicker. And, you know, they just, they take one step back. Like, come on. You know what I mean? That's, that's, it was a little bit frustrating, to be honest with you. What do you think? Uh, you know, they they had a chance. They had a chance um, to make it two nil, and they they squandered that. I wouldn't say squandered. You know, it's 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 part of the game. But they had an opportunity to go two nil. You know, that that would have definitely had, had put uh, Spain on on their heels and 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 left them uh, open for for counterattacks probably for the rest of the game. But yeah, I mean, we, we get to we get to one one the controversial uh, non call on 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 Diego Costa um, putting his uh, putting his hand or forearm or elbow whatever you want to call it uh, to Pep. Uh, I think if it's anyone else other than Pep, they probably call that. But because Pep has a has a, a tendency to uh, make uh, make something out of absolutely nothing, uh, sometimes reputation does uh, does precede it. But yeah, I, I thought I thought the 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 pedal could have been uh, pressed a little bit more, um, but 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 I guess my my next question for you was the 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 lineup where you uh, you substitute Gonçalves for Andre Silva, you sit João Mario and you put uh, Bruno Fernandes in on that wing. Uh, it was a very to me it was a very uh, an aggressive lineup uh, put out by uh, by Fernandes Sanchez, and that's something that he's not known uh, to do. Uh, what did you think initially of the starting eleven? Uh, I agree with you. Um, you know what? I, I actually I wasn't a big fan. I, I actually wanted to see Gwedge out there. I think that was a good a good try. It's, it's a new face. Um, he's obviously doing very well with this club, um, and you can see he's got he's got the skill. But I mean, this is a big game to put a, a kid like that into. You know what I mean? You're facing 
one of the top teams in the world, the um, first game of the World Cup. I think I would have gone with Andre Silva there. I would have just put a guy that's already been on the pitch a little bit. He's a, he's a little bit comfortable. Maybe put Gwedge, depending on how things go, a little bit later. Um, and, and the Bruce Flange, I mean, I don't know. Same thing. I, I probably would have gone to what I'm used to. I, I would have put Joel Mario there. I agree with you. Fernando Stunts went a little bit out of the box on this one. Um, I guess maybe tried to throw something out there that was like, oh my God, that's not who we're used to seeing. And sometimes that works. But in this case here, I just, sometimes, I don't know, there's just certain players that really, you got to stick with them. You know what I mean? I give them their maybe 60 to 70 minutes and see what happens. Um, I don't know. I was a little bit, I'm still indifferent about it, to tell you the truth. Uh, you know, in the last episode, uh, I had I had I had to choose, or I I, I made a choice between starting uh, Bruno Fernandes or or Gonçalo Guedes to uh, to see who I thought would would best benefit the team, and not and not just for the Spain game, but but just overall. And I thought that Bruno Fernandes would be the most beneficial new starter for for this lesson simply because of what he he brings to to the ten. I think I think he's a ten. He, I don't I don't think he's a, he's a winger. Uh, although Fernand Sanch and uh, they, you know guys like João Mario plays normally at a ten, a guy like uh, Bernard Silva can play comfortably at a ten, so they're, they're interchangeable. But I thought that Bruno Fernandes really shined uh, in, in the last friendly as a ten, and I thought that Gonçalo Guedes, especially in the beginning of this tournament, would probably benefit Portugal coming off the bench as the spark uh, if we needed something or or to maybe put something away for like an insurance goal. Uh, with that said, yes. With that said, I think that. Um, uh, I liked the, I liked that he took a chance in in, in talking and talking about nonsense. I, I, the fact that they were uh, that he put two inexperienced players who have been playing very well. I mean, it's not like he put them out there and the, and they're and they're a couple of jobbers here. He, he took a chance against the best team in the group or the best team that they'll face in the group, um, and they still came away with a three three draw. They got the result. I personally would have have started uh, Gonçalo Guedes um, maybe against Morocco, maybe against uh, Iran, uh, two lesser quality opponents. Although you should be taking everybody seriously, it, it is only a three a three game group. But uh, I, I would have I would have gone with Andre Silva uh, up top and and maybe had Bruno Fernandes playing at the ten. But I had no qualms with the, with what the uh, with what the lineup was. I felt I felt that João Mario got a, a little a short end of the stick because I thought he'd been playing really really well with the starting eleven. Um, but but I thought the, I thought the lineup was uh, I mean so for lack of a better term I thought it was brave. I thought it was I thought it was um, you know ballsy and uh, and I actually liked that Fernand Sanch uh, thought a little bit outside the box outside of his norm. True, definitely definitely a lot different than what he normally. What you think would you put out there? You can almost, you can almost write. He's great. You can almost know automatically what he's putting out. So it was a little bit weird for me. Like I said, when I saw a couple of those different names, but again, you know, is this maybe what the tournament's going to be like with Fernand Sanch? If we get out of this group and get into the round of sixteen, are we going to see these little tweaks from Fernand Sanch? Uh, it's exciting. I, I hope he does. I, I hope he does little tweaks, but obviously beneficial ones. We uh, we're talking with uh, with Brian Tost, my uh, my cousin from uh, from Canada, here on episode six of the uh, Celestion podcast. I am your host, uh, Danny Pinto. Um, you know, you talked about tweaks. Talked. I mean, I think I think at this point um, with this squad, Brian, there's there's a there's a lot more options, especially up front um, from the midfield on 
than we had two years ago for Euro 2016. However, on the defensive side, there there isn't. <laughs> and I mean, from from the center from from the central from the central midfielder in the, on the defensive side with uh, with uh, William Cadwall from their back, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of room for error, room for injury, room for uh, uh, car trouble. Uh, what did you think of of the performance of the back line uh, plus uh, William Cadwall yesterday against Spain? Oh, just oh man, that's that's the one qualm I had about the whole game. That. That back line really worries me. I mean, oh, it just Pep. It Pep's Pep. He's, he's either bang on or he's, he's completely off. You know what I mean? Um, Fult again. Like the options are so limited back here. I mean, Rafael Guerrero. I thought he was okay. I think Rafael Guerrero could have optimized his speed a little bit better and did more of. I go back to the. You know, back to our that 16 tournament, even prior to that, where they're running up the wings and, you know, our, our left back, right back there, using, we didn't have that yesterday, which is fine. Listen, it's a 3 3 tie, I'm completely fine with it. But Rafael Guerrero's got a lot more in the tank, a lot more. See the swash. Uh, I just, oh my God, these guys back there, it really worries me because, okay, we're coming up to, like you said, in the random Morocco. They're not top ranked teams by any means. But no one, and and no one can take anybody like me here. I completely understand that. So against teams like that, I, I want to see these players doing a lot better than they did against Spain. You know what I mean? And even though they should better against Spain, and I don't care if they get lackluster against them because hopefully you have more of an opportunity against a team like Iran or Morocco, our defense really has to clean it up. I, I mean, if we're going anywhere in this tournament where we're going to start facing our Germanys, uh, Argentinas, our defense is that's just not going to be acceptable. We're we're almost we're lucky that we came away with a tie yesterday. Uh, don't get me wrong; some questionable calls both ways. But if these guys don't smarten up, Danny, like I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but if these guys don't clean it up back there, we're we're in trouble. <laughs> the goal can't take us all the way. <laughs> there is a very uh, small margin for error with our defense overall. Uh, like I mentioned, in uh, card trouble, um, if they, if there's any injuries, um, the, there isn't there isn't a guy that they can bring in right now uh, as 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 we sit here that we know of that can can be a a difference maker on the defense. I mean, Bruno Walsh is Bruno Walsh. He's been going at it for for years. He's a guy that you could bring in for the last. 15, 20, 25 minutes to hopefully sit on something. And we don't know what we have in Huben Diaz yet as as a contributor to this lesson. Mario yeah. Hui, Hui from Napoli, and then you have Ricardo Pereira who just signed with with Leicester, the left and right backs, uh, the left and right back uh, backups uh, respectively. Yeah, I mean, they have great skill, but we haven't seen them in a tournament with this lesson to know exactly what they can do if somebody goes down. So the margin for error with the defense is 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 not is not much. And you know, again, and then the you have the you have the possibility of having William Cadvide, who to me was was great in the in the friendlies, had a pretty solid performance against uh, against Spain. Um, we can't have him go down because he he's the cog, I think, of this whole thing. Where if he goes down, yeah, you have a guy like Adrian, Adrian Silva who can come in for him, but that's not what he—that's not his position. That's not what he's known for. So, um, you know, and but I, I look at it this way too: they they played Spain, and Spain gave them everything that they could, and yeah, Ronaldo scored three goals, and 
and uh, and we were able to get a tie. But I, I don't think I don't think a loss against Spain would have would have uh, been a, a surprise to anyone. Although we 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 know and we feel that Portugal can play with anyone, but the the defense saw its toughest uh, its toughest um, opponent in this group play by far. Uh, I, I'm I, I tend to I tend to share your sentiment where it's like let's see if we get to the knockout phases, sixteens uh, quarters, um, you know who the opponent is. Yeah, that's gonna it's gonna be a tough test because as as uh, as you go deeper into the uh, the tournament, obviously the quality of opponents gonna be a lot higher, especially on the uh, on the offensive side. So, hundred percent. And on that point, if you don't mind, I want to interrupt for a sec. No, go ahead. In all honesty, I always agree with you, but there's two points there you made that I, unfortunately we're going to butt heads on, and this isn't uh, this isn't normal between cousins that have been playing soccer together since <laughs> we're five years old. I say our, our park um, our Parkway days, buddy. Our Parkway days, buddy. I'm telling you, I came on. <laughs> see, I, I was uh, I was the uh, Quaresma that would come on at 20 minutes left and try to cause a little uh, safety. Yeah, yeah man. The, the one but, the uh, one day the one day signing. It was amazing. That's it. That's all it took. <laughs> but um. On that point, what I'm saying is, if you look at those goals, though, like you're saying, you know, you don't know if any defense can stop that. I mean, that Diego Costa goal, there's four red shirts there. Okay, we got to like, Portugal always loved playing that one angled, you know what I mean? Always giving them the space, expecting them to make first move. I get that. I get that completely because that's how you learn to play soccer. You never overcommit. But when you look to the left and right of you, and there's four red shirts there, and there's one white shirt, someone can go ahead and commit to that ball. You gave him too much room, too much time, and he snuck one in. And then if you look at Diego Costa's second goal, on that cross going in, I actually can't even recall the player there. I think that was uh, Cedric Swaj, I'm pretty sure. Very unaggressive. Could have headed that ball over. He was the first man. The, the Spanish player came in behind and actually jumped over him for that header. Okay, now if he makes an effort, there's a good chance we even get a foul there, just like Paps should have been. But all I'm saying is a little bit more aggressiveness. And that's, that's really what this defense needs to do. Not only did they look lackluster, a little sloppy-footed, but they got to be a little bit more aggressive. I mean, we, you got to count on these guys, especially on the set place. Portugal's always been burned on set place. Free kicks, corner kicks, doesn't matter. They've always been burned. And a lot of time is, and I hate to say it, Bruno Walsh, as ogreish and awkward-looking as he is, that man for set plays is a monster. There's a reason why you put Shrek in there, okay? You put him <laughs> in there to clear the ball, okay? He's not there. When all goes the pretty looks, you even it out with the ugly guy, but he gets rid of the ball, okay? And, <laughs> and as much as I hate to say when Bruno Walsh is back there, Actually, I, I like it. And I, I know this is probably like you're out to lunch. You know, we got a, a lot of young blood. But something like I look at those goals and I don't know. Bruno Walls back there, especially on that corner, if he if he's hanging back enough with his size, he clears that ball. You know, we are, we've seen it. We've seen it for years. Bruno Walls has been a monster. Uh, definitely not as much skill as everybody else, but a complete monster when it comes to any balls in the air. So, and on the last note, sorry, is with William Carvalho. I, I honestly didn't think he had his best game. I honestly think he was a little bit sloppy-footed as well, like a little bit too calm, especially against the Spain team. Um, I, I'd like to see him a little bit more aggressive, and I know he's more of a defensive midfielder, but I'd like to see him to have a little bit more of a hop in his step. So on that note, considering how many 
considering there's 11 men on the field and one player yesterday, absolute brilliance. No more, Ronaldo, my God, the, the man, <laughs> the legend. The guy's a monster. So for him to carry us and for you to say that, you know, there's a good five or six players that didn't show up or maybe some bad substitution. I'm actually really positive right now because everyone's allowed a mulligan. Ronaldo might even have one, but I, I don't think he's going to have one this tournament. He, I think it's all or nothing for him. But these players that didn't play well, I mean, imagine if they did, Danny. Like, you know what I mean? Imagine oh, yeah. if had the game like we should have. Like, oh, my Lord. No, I'm I'm with you, Brian. I mean, I mean, overall, overall, I thought I thought that to get a a three three, I, I thought a draw would have been would have been a great start. Obviously, we we would all love to to have the win. You you, you take you take the draw before you, uh, you before you know how the the team plays. Uh, after you see the team play, yeah, uh, I thought I thought William Carvalho had his hands full with with that with that Spanish uh, midfield, I, and and I think in, anyone anyone's going to. I think with him, especially with this team. Uh, and the way Fernand Sanch uh, has the defense set up, it, he's like a fifth defender. Uh, he's going to be able to, uh, or he's not going to be able to, I should say, get in, uh, get into the attack as much as 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 maybe you and I would like, simply because uh, the coverage the coverage in the back needs to be solid uh, when when uh, when Spain or whoever comes uh, comes calling uh, on, on their attack. So um, the the one thing the one thing I will say. Um, we, we are now six episodes in. I don't know if I've had anyone disagree with me, Brian, so I'm not really sure how to continue this show. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. And it had to be a Canadian. You, you guys are the nicest, pe- you guys are the nicest people in the world. And you, and you, and you just, you berate me in front of all our listeners. Terrible Canadian. <laughs> we're talking. Terrible Canadian. We're... I apologize, but I mean, during the World Cup, I just, there's just no filter. You and I, mean, I just—it's it, going to go home. <laughs> no filter, no manners, no 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 care in the world. Uh, we're talking with my cousin Brian from uh, from Canada. We're uh, on. Uh, we're uh, we have reached episode six of the uh, Celeste Song podcast. I'm your host Danny Pinto. Thank you so much for for you guys tuning in, Brian. Let's let's talk about uh, what you want to see in the Morocco game and and kind of just overall. Uh, well, I mean, obviously the positive of all positives was was Ronaldo's performance. Uh, against Spain, but what would you like to see ideally in the uh, in the next couple of games to get us to the round of sixteen? Um, ideally, with these next two games, I mean, like you said, we can't take any of these guys lightly. Although uh, a group that has uh, a number four, a number ten ranked FIFA team, and then you get into what I think it's thirty one and forty seven. If um, don't quote me on that, but there's somewhere in the thirties and forties, Morocco and Iran. Um, Iran is going to be a good game. I mean, Giroud there is a very defensive coach. You know, he wouldn't mind standing eleven across the line and just uh, frustrating Portugal into a tie. So we need to go into these games. I want to see him cleaning up the little mistakes, the defensive mistakes. You know what I mean? Like, let's be clean. Let's clear that ball. Let's move forward. I want, and and I mean, every Portuguese person in the world, I want to see goals. You know what I mean? I want to see these guys scoring. Absolutely. I got a feeling this group is going to come down to goal differential, realistically. You know, tying Spain now, it's, it's who's going to beat up on the little guys more. Is it going to be Spain or is it going to be Portugal? So, I mean, the thing I like about how things have turned out, I hated that we had Spain first game because I, I 
a World Cup where we were with Brazil, and we ended up facing Brazil in the third game, play for a tie, everybody sits. You know, you could actually relax, you could actually eat something, you know what I mean? You're not throwing up all the time <laughs> every game. You know, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. So we came out with Spain because they got the three points. So my main thing is Morocco. Morocco is where you really got to feed. This next game, I want to see Andre Silva started. I don't want to see Wedge up there. I, I, I want Silva a good 60 to 70 minutes and see what that guy can do with Ronaldo up there. And I want to see, I want to see goals. That's what I want to see. And if they can keep producing, clean up the game, control the ball, they just watch the team. They around, not pass around them because I mean Portugal did. They were there. Let's be serious. It's a three-three tie. They played well enough, but. I want to see the ball possession. I want, they need to play as if Morocco is Germany or Morocco is Argentina. You need to keep control of that game. Or if, and, or if they're chasing, you know, they're chasing Morocco in the group. You know, play play right? with that mentality. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. Let's say Morocco got the three points, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Let's let's say we need this. So at the end of the day, they need to play um, as a whole, like clean out the tanks. And I get a game one. That's a very nerve wracking game. I mean. Everyone was saying that Spain Portugal would probably be the game of the group stage to watch. You know what I mean? They weren't and wrong. Almost, and I, no, and I, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, there's only a few games down. I think anybody can agree. So far, it has been the best game, and I've watched almost all of them. So um, there was a lot of nerves there, and, and that's why I go to that point and get about Gwedge and stuff like that. Maybe him coming in that early. That's a lot of pressure. You know, big game. The Iberians, like it, it was a. That's that's quite a stage to be on. I mean, especially against a Spain team that everyone's saying, oh, they're the favorites, you know, they're the favorites. You know, Portugal goes in as underdogs, as usual. With all these commentators, and that's another point I hate to make, but i just so frustrating that Portugal seems to always be that underdog. You know what I mean? So I want them to, to grab this by the, by the horns. And next game, I just want to see a complete game. I don't care, you know, realistically, Beat up on Morocco. I don't care if you only beat Iran one nothing, but show a complete game. You know, take the three points, but show a good game. Because if their goalie ends up having the game of his life, that's fine. But at least attack. At least be that team that Portugal is known to be so exciting to watch. They're goal scorers. We have the best player in the world. That's right. I said it. The best player in the world. I want to see goals. That's all there is to it. This man literally took this team on his shoulders yesterday and it, it, like, come on we got we got to see everybody scoring some goals we got to see it all complete that's that's what I, I just i'm so passionate about this danny me and you you know how it is we called each other crying when we won the 2016 euro i mean i, I wasn't crying you, you were you were crying i wasn't i wasn't crying <laughs> what are you oh, was allergies with you yeah. allergies? It's a, the summer allergies in california are the worst <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, who do you guys yeah. uh, in Canada? Who do you guys have uh, as as the uh, as the network carrying the uh, the World Cup? Uh, TSN. But so does TSN have their own guys, or do they take the uh, the Fox feed from the states? No, they have their own guys. Okay, who are who are the uh, who are the analysts for uh, for T- that TSN uses? Uh, God, I can't. Uh, well, Greg Forrest is one of them. He's on there. Uh, he was actually a goalie for Canada. Oh and, yeah. Um, 
and two, uh, oh God, two English. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know their names. I, I get so annoyed by them, I actually don't even care. <laughs> that was going to be my question because so it's not it's not just the uh, it's not just a uh, a bashing Portugal in, in the in the uh, in the states thing. It's it's a uh, bashing Portugal in Canada too, huh? Oh, one hundred percent. Like I said, they get a beat. Like they can have they can play eighty nine amazing minutes. Not one minute is what they'll they'll uh, they'll post about. You know, the one minute that maybe someone thought it's it's ridiculous. We're always, we're always like garbage to them to a certain extent. I mean, don't get me wrong. Against Spain, they're actually okay uh, because, I mean, because of the clinic that Ronaldo put on. But other than that, they're usually pretty negative towards us. Buddy, you would, you would love, you would love Alexi Lalas. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah? Oh, boy. You would, that, that, that redheaded tomato is such, is such a, uh, oh, what's the word? Dummy. I'll just I'll just put it that way. Uh, he he uh, he. But he turned eight. He turned his tune on Portugal only after uh, Ronaldo had uh, had shown everyone just uh, what's what, if you know what I mean. So yeah. I, so I'm glad to I'm glad to hear I'm glad to hear that it's just not the states. I'm glad to see that uh, everyone doesn't believe in Portugal and uh, and that it's it's just going to be that much more fun, Brian, when uh, when we hoist that trophy in uh, in about four weeks. Oh, that's for sure. Oh, what would man. now? Uh, you you mentioned you mentioned some alleged uh, crying phone call between you and I. Um, <laughs> that was the Euro. What what would that phone call be like, Brian? Uh, if if we win uh, the World Cup? Oh my God! I don't even know what to say to that. I, I swear, I, I couldn't imagine if we, if we if I fuck, oh my, I, I can't even talk. If Portugal won the World Cup, oh my Lord! I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom what I do. I mean, I, I, I'd probably be naked down the streets, painted in green and red. It, it would be ridiculous. It would be absolutely ridiculous. The phone call to you, we'd have to FaceTime. It, 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 it just, it would be nuts. I, I can't. I didn't want to think that far ahead because that would just put me at an emotional overload. <laughs> I bet. I, I, I think it would some. It would somehow be like the phone call. Uh, that Ron Burgundy put in uh, to the news station when he was when he was calling in that he was going to be late. There's going to be a lot of <laughs> like not a lot of not a lot of uh, not a lot of coherent thought, but we would we would somehow know what what each other was saying. So, oh, uh, 100%. Uh, you uh, you mentioned you mentioned paint. Uh, this man, my cousin, one of them, uh, no no BS here. Brian's one of the most hardest working people I've ever met in my life. Uh, he. He uh, he works hard. Uh, he he uh, he's very um, you know honestly he's a very responsible adult, which is very refreshing this day and age. First time ever. Well, there's there, you know I, I, the compliments are coming, buddy. Um, <laughs> but but Brian Brian mentioned red and green, painting himself red and green. If Portugal would have won the uh, would would win the World Cup, Brian, you uh you've actually painted something uh, on your work truck, haven't you? Yeah, it's actually a wrap right around the front of the hood. And what would that wrap the be? Now, and a wrap of a wrap of what, sir? It's basically a wrap. It's got our, uh, our the Flesson crest right on the hood, so it's all black. It's got the the nice red Flesson crest with the castles in the middle, and then it's got a green and red stripe up the left side of the truck. If, so, if if you folks thought that the last episode with my friends was was super Portuguese, that's real Portuguese right there. That's uh, that's uh, that's as they as they say as they say as they say in Canada. That's real pork chop status right there. I appreciate that. That's, uh, <laughs> that actually hits that hits home right here. I, uh, you know, and during the game, I only had chorizo, if that makes any difference too, and uh, and I only drank such. 
So uh, it is what it is. I I got to do what I got to. Just just checking just checking every box, right, bud? Oh, you know it. <laughs> Superhuman Portuguese. Superhuman Portuguese. I can't get any more Portuguese than this. All right, buddy. Well, I I really really appreciate uh, you coming on. Oh, you know what? It's something just came to me. Um, so uh, there is one, there is going to be one more question. Um, hey, Brian, what are you doing in twenty twenty six? Twenty twenty six. Yeah. Oh boy. I'm well. Unfortunately, with uh, our country only getting ten games, hoping it's not like Japan or anything. Hoping that we get some good teams over here. Well, it's all the snow. Know, it's all the snow you guys get during the summer. That's a problem. What's that? It's all the snow you guys get during the summer. Oh, okay, listen, my igloo is not that cold, okay? <laughs> so back off, okay? And it's only snowed like three times in the snow. Come on. Hey, we get a little bit of summer weather here, but uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I'm excited. I think this is fantastic. And uh, for both you guys, uh, as us, and, and even Mexico, I wish we would have got a little bit more games, but it is what it is. It, realistically, Canada is just kind of getting started into that whole soccer thing, even in MLS, etc. So, you know, you don't want to give them too much at the same time, but it's, it's going to be nice. You know, if we do get a few games here in Toronto, I, I'm just I, I ecstatic, ecstatic to watch World Cup soccer in my country. Well, buddy, the invitation is uh, is uh, is out there for uh, for you and the family to come to the States, if we, uh, especially if we get a, a Portugal game at Levi's. Oh, oh. Oh, but, and I'm and I'm telling you, Brian. I'm telling you right now. If there is a Portugal game in Toronto in 2026, you will see me there with you, standing arm in arm, singing our our ass off. And and uh, again, that might that might be that might be trouble for the entire country, whether you come here or whether I go there. Oh, for the love of God, it's it's happening. Oh yeah, you know what? Let's mark that down because it's coming. Already some good games with you. Now World Cup soccer, that would be a good bucket list item for me and you. And man, there's nobody else I'd like to stand next to watching a Portugal game. That's for sure. Likewise, brother. I I, I love you, man. I, I really appreciate you uh, you coming on and uh, my best to the family. And uh, and let's let's get another win against uh, Mahakash. I love saying that. I love saying Mahakash. It's so much better Mahakash. than saying. I I love saying it much, so much better than saying Morocco. Mahakash. Oh, it's so good. Wow. Yeah, it's great, man. But uh, but thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, Brian. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, buddy. And uh, and I'll talk to you soon, man. All right, buddy. Take care. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Love you, pal. Yes, sir. My thanks to my cousin and, and one of my best friends in this entire world, uh, Brian Tost from uh, from Canada, for coming on the show. Um, as you just heard, uh, his passion matches a, a lot of your passion out there. And and for me, it's just it's so uh, it's so fun to share um, not only this pod but uh, but this love of, of the Celeste song uh, with him and with so many of you. So so Brian, thank you very much for coming on, and uh, and hope you had a a great Father's Day with uh, with the family. Uh, that will do it for episode six of the Celeste Song podcast. Our next episode should be up by this coming Thursday uh, by Thursday morning, about twenty four hours after the Morocco game. So be on the lookout for episode seven Thursday morning. That would be. June the 21st. And remember to like and share our Facebook page, facebook.com slash pod. Follow the pod on Twitter and on Instagram at pod. Remember to follow me if you would like on Twitter as well, uh, at Mr. DPP. That's M-I-S-T-E-R 
DPP. And you can find us uh, on the email as well, celestesonpod at gmail.com. Remember to download and subscribe via Apple Podcasts and podcast.com. Just search Celeste Psalm Podcast in the search engine. And if you'd be kind enough to leave a five-star review, that would be a very, very nice thing for you to do since, you know, I'm a dad. And do that for, do that as a Father's Day gift for me. You know, you guys don't have to give me anything tangible. You guys don't have to spend money on me. But give me a five-star review, and, and, I, and I will be forever, forever grateful. And don't forget to spread the word about this show. We are doing, we're doing great things uh, with this show. Uh, it's all thanks to you guys and the support that you guys have given uh, me so far in this, in this show. And, uh, and some big things are, are coming on the horizon uh, that I can't wait to tell you guys about. Um, not a not an easy transition here, so just bear with me as as we end the show. And and normally, at the end of each show, I uh, I yell Força Portugal and 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 will and I play the anthem at uh, at the end of the episode. But for this episode, I um I would like to take a moment to honor the life and memory of someone we here in the Portuguese community in California uh, lost this past this past weekend. Um, John Martin's tragically passed away on a Friday morning. Uh, John was a pillar in the Portuguese community of Artesia, California for so, so many years. Uh, John Martins was the epitome of the American dream that so many generations of Portuguese immigrants and their families were hoping to find in America. And he did this all the while keeping his love and passion for his Azorian and Portuguese roots at the forefront of his life. John's tragic passing leaves a hole in the hearts of the countless people he came across over his 54 short years. The greatest thing about John Martins, in my opinion, is that he always made you feel like you mattered. He could be talking in front of a huge group at the California Portuguese American Coalition in the morning and then speak to some older gentleman at the Artesia Hall cracking jokes later that night. And each person that came across him uh, in both those situations were happy that John spent some time with them. John Martin's shoes are no one's to fill because I just don't think anyone can. To his wife, Karen, and their three children, the entire Martins and Jacinth family, and the entire Portuguese community of Artesia, my family's thoughts and prayers are with all of you. John Martins, até a próxima, meu amigo. Adeus.